So the benefit is actually that you can control whether you want to use the heat that the sun produced um, to heat up your building or if you want to block it because it's already warm enough. Welcome at the first episode um, of the Brightless Material Center podcast series. I'm Astrid Verberne, Community Development Manager at Brightlands Camelot Campus. And um, it's an honor to host scientist Daniel Mann today in our studio. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you, Astrid. Happy to be here. Uh, you're a scientist at Brightest Materials Center and um, your department or your program you're working in right now is called uh, Sustainable Buildings. Can you tell us what type of products you are developing there right now? Yeah, definitely. So in our department, uh, Sustainable Buildings, we work on the development of new materials to reduce the energy consumption uh, in buildings. And here we mainly focus on the transparent part of the building skin, so windows and uh, building-integrated photovoltaics. Why is that such a hot topic or cold topic, you could say so? So you see that the uh, built environment contributes to about one-third of the energy consumption in Europe. And uh, especially with uh, climate change and depletion of fossil fuels, we really need to reduce our energy consumption and also reduce the uh, emission of CO2. And this is what we're working on. So it's one third. Yes, it's so one third. Normally you hear about cars and cows, but now it's windows, it's glazing and buildings. Yeah, buildings, definitely. They consume a lot of energy. Okay. Um, and one of your current developments is a smart windows. I gave already some yeah. sneak preview on that one, but can you tell me a bit more about... Um, uh, why it's small, uh, called a smart window? So this smart window, it's an energy-efficient window um, and uh, it's adaptive to the environment. So it can change its properties uh, from uh, heat-reflective to uh, heat-transmissive depending on uh, uh, external stimulus. Aha, okay. So they really react on the weather outside and they make sure that people inside the building are comfortable. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. So... Uh, it's that uh, depending on the outside temperature, you either can let in your uh, solar heat into your building uh, to heat up the building when it's cold, or you can block it when it's too warm so that uh, you have uh, increased comfort and uh, you reduce your cooling costs. Uh, and how does it work? On, on what level? Is it on the molecules or how does this switching work exactly? So this works on a certain material. It's called a thermochromic material, which is coated on the window. And this thermochromic material can switch its uh, or can change its crystal structure depending uh, on the temperature. So at a certain temperature, the crystal structure changes and then also the optical properties changes. And this then leads to uh, the final properties that at cold temperatures, solar heat uh, is transmitted into your building and in uh, hot temperatures, it's blocked. Sounds amazing, really. Um, when you're a scientist and you get a breakthrough like that. I can imagine that it's it's not coming easy. What, can you share some full bits or tri tips and tricks for the listeners during the process of invent is a real invention, is it? And 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 can you get, share us some tips which you learned during this process? As yeah, so such a development obviously is is uh, is always a long-term development and it's also not a development only of one person but of a whole team. 
Um, so what we generally do at Brightness Materials Center TNO is we take interesting uh, research from the universities um, and then we develop it further so that it uh, goes uh, comes closer to, to market where then companies can pick it up and uh, make products out of it. And there are obviously many different challenges and, and pitfalls uh, come with it, um, which you cannot always predict. So it's, it's, what you do is it's really fundamental research. You make it suitable for society then. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. So we are, we are looking at, uh, at really applied developments to develop real products which have a benefit for society. You're making a difference there. So we hope so. <laughs> let's get back to your materials part of it. Um, what's exactly the benefit of these adaptive properties? So the benefit is actually that you can control whether you want to use the heat that the sun produced um, to heat up your building or if you want to block it because it's already warm enough. Of course. So as a consumer, you can choose what you want and what you think is comfortable. Yeah, so for the consumer, the consumer does not actively choose because the the switch in properties is uh, is uh, automatically. So the consumer doesn't have to do anything for it, but it's predefined in the in the design stage, um, depending um, on the building, but maybe also on depending on the region at which temp which temperature this uh, switch occurs. Um, And this can all be predicted in the beginning. So at what temperature you need to switch your properties so that you can the optimum uh, reduction in cooling and heating cost over the year. And for the consumer, what you have, so you have an increased comfort level and you have, um, yeah, a lower energy bill. Okay, so you really, okay, you studied as well the behavior of people and when they are comfortable or what kind of temperature and w when it's time for the coating to switch to another state of mind. Yeah, so we are we are more focusing on the energy part, not so much on the comfort part. Mm -hmm. um, there are also other institutes and other groups who are focusing on comfort, comfort part where we are also in contact with, since this is also an, uh, a very important part. topic. Mm -hmm. um, but our focus mainly is, is the energy part and the energy uh, reduction, yeah. Okay, that's clear, Daniel. Um, it, is this... Um, uh, invention is it really different to regular already on the market energy efficient glazings? Yeah, there's a big difference. So when you look at what's already on the market, you see that it, uh, the energy efficient glazing um, which you can buy now is all static. So that means that it blocks the solar heat the whole year. Okay. So that's obviously nice when it's warm outside and when it's summer where you want to block it. But uh, in winter, this is really uh, detrimental because in winter, you want to have the sun and the heat of the sun in your building to help heat it up so that you don't need to use your radiator so much. So that's, okay, the conclusion is it's really smart then. Yeah, that's why we call it smart. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> If you like this podcast series of the Brightless Materials Center, please subscribe now to our new series and don't miss any of it. Thank you. Um, aren't there options um, to also reduce the heating demand? Yeah, there are indeed are. So this is mainly based on increasing the uh, insulation of the window. So you can think about um, in very old buildings, you still have single glazing. So just one uh, glass pane. Then 
now in buildings you mostly have double glazing, so two uh, glass panes with a uh, with an air gap in between. You mm -hmm. can further increase the insulation by going to triple glazing, where you have three glass panes and two air gaps. Mm -hmm. Or what you can also do, you can add a so-called low E coating to one of your glass panes in the double glazing, which then also increases uh, the insulation and reduces uh, the heating demand. Mm -hmm. So you say then that the current energy-efficient glazing is mainly um, optimized for either hot or cold regions then as well. Yes, that's right. So, uh, as I said, you can have uh, heat reflective properties, which is good for, for very hot climates. You can have increased insulation, which is very good in, in cold climates. You also can have a window which combines both, but then still you have the negative effect of the solar heat blocking in winter. And you cannot reduce the heating uh, demand as much as, uh, um, yeah, as it would be possible. Um, and there actually is the difference to, to our uh, smart window. Yeah, now I, I understand. You explained this very clear to me. Um, so, for example, my private home, it's in, in the Netherlands, or maybe this, this studio here is really relevant too. We're summertime and it's extremely hot uh, in here. So, um, would you advise such a smart window here too? Yeah, definitely. So that's actually uh, the part of region uh, where we designed or where the smart window is designed for. So regions like the Netherlands, like Germany, like Belgium or other regions in Europe or all over the world where you have, yeah, we call it an intermediate region uh, where you have hot summer and a cold winter. And in all these regions, uh, the smart window performs best of all energy efficient glazing. So where, there, where you have really seasons... Yeah, and there yeah. is relevance. Okay. That's right. Hmm. You said that the optical properties of a, a smart window change at a certain temperature. Temperature. Um, can I see that as well happening in the product or in the coating? For example, by increase increased shadings of the glass, or is it not visible? No, you don't see anything. So if you okay. install this window in in your building, um, you don't have to do anything for the switch. It happens uh, automatically. You don't see it. Um, because the switch only uh, happens in the part of the solar spectrum which uh, is not visible and only contributes to heating. Um, so, yeah, if you have this window, you just install it um, and you enjoy the benefit. It's really amazing that you can just put a coating on something and it changes, but it's invisible for the eye. It's, it's, it's really, it sounds like an amazing product. Can we... <laughs> go out and start shopping, uh, Daniel, together. We go to a, uh, a market and let's buy such a coating for my home. Yeah, that would be amazing. So yeah. uh, I would love to also uh, have this kind of window already in my home. But unfortunately, uh, that's not possible yet. So it's still uh, under development. Um, currently, we can reproducibly uh, produce high-quality coated glass on lab scale. So this is 10 by 10 uh, square centimeter. Still very small, huh? Yeah, it's still very small, yeah. And we are, uh, at the moment, we are um, scaling it up to uh, half meter by half meter. That's um, going into the size of a window already a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, then in the next uh, two years, we also plan to produce full-sized windows. Uh, okay, so I have to be patient a bit then. Yes, a little bit. <laughs> and then you are going, are you involved as well with um, market introduction of these smart windows? Or how does that work? 
No, that's not something which which uh, we are doing as an institute um, because we are only an, a research institute, so we're not selling any products. So the um, the development then has to be picked up by a company who is then making a product out of it. So what we as a research institute are doing, we are co-developing products uh, with companies, which then ultimately will take full control of the development in the final stage and introduce also this smart window to the market. But there must be a lot of interest uh, of um, brand owners maybe in the market. Uh, is there already a company which is co-developing or partner partnering in your program? So, yeah, obviously we uh, get a lot of interest and it's um, it's definitely an interesting development for a lot of people. And we are also uh, already working with several companies in bilateral projects and in larger consortia. That's a good thing to hear, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, For now, there is no exclusivity on the smart window yet. So there is still the possibility for, for companies to jump in, co-develop with us. Mm -hmm. So interesting parties can contact our business developer, Eugène Verkamp. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're always looking for new partners and new projects. It sounds like a really good opportunity for... Um, for, for I have, do you have... Which company would you love to get in touch with or to maybe develop it further together with their experts or so obviously for for windows you're always looking at at big, uh, big glass companies like uh, Saint-Gobain, AGC, um, Pilkington, Guardian, something like this. So this would be the uh, yeah, the big fish. Okay, <laughs> okay. Like uh, I hope they listen and they <laughs> um, so Daniel, we have talked a lot today about your new development, your program, the Brightest Materials Center, your job. Um, Can you, and before we wrap it up, this uh, first episode, can you tell us a bit more how your day looks like, like working in a lab? It's a, it, you work in a lab, I assume. Uh, so myself, I don't work in the lab uh, ah. anymore. So I'm a chemist. Uh, I studied chemistry. I worked a lot in in the lab during my, my study, during my PhD, during my postdoc. Mm -hmm. But now at uh, Brightness Materials Center as a scientist, I'm mainly uh, involved in project management, uh, project acquisition, also uh, doing a bit publicity um, and everything related so that the team can can work and can function. Yeah, But we have very dedicated people in the labs who are very skilled and uh, yeah, we're very happy to have them. They must be glad with such a supportive person outside the lab who know <laughs> how it works, Yeah, what they are doing. Okay, it sounds really interesting. Nice to have met you today. Um, in, an in, in our next podcast, I hope you you like to continue talking uh, about your... Um, I heard your, uh, you just published a study. Um, you investigated exactly. I want to hear everything about it and the results and the insights. Uh, you even uh, found uh, more uh, there. Um, true, eh? you just hmm. published a new report. Yeah, that's right. So we, we just published a building energy simulation study um, where we looked at uh, energy consumption of a residential building in um, many different climate regions. And what we wanted to do there, actually, we wanted to analyze the benefit of the smart window, depending on the climate, if you're in hot climate, cold climate, intermediate mm -hmm. climate. Um, but what we also wanted to do, we wanted to compare it to commercially available energy-efficient glazing systems. Of course, systems. Yeah. yeah. That's what we did, yeah. Now, let's talk further then in the second episode, okay? Yeah, I'm happy about <laughs> it. Uh, thanks for having me. It was really a pleasure. And I'm already looking forward to the next section. That's a promise. Okay, <laughs> see you next time. You next Thank time. you, listener. This was the first episode. 
and looking forward uh, to, to hearing you back maybe uh, on our next episode. Ciao.